Martech Stacked, episode 24 with Vic Miller. Brought to you by Content Cow. Plan, collaborate on, approve, and publish your content in one simple and intuitive calendar interface. This is Martech Stacked, the weekly show that delves into the what, which, why, and how of marketing technology. I'm your host, David Bain. And each episode, I'll be chatting with a top marketer or a top technologist about what MarTech they use, which are their top tools, why they use the tools that they do, and how they integrate everything together as part of their overarching content marketing strategy and MarTech stack. I'm joined today by a lady who was previously managing director at B2B agency Man Bites Dog, working with brands such as Google, KPMG, and Castrol. Nowadays, she's VP of Global Comms and Content at digital consumer intelligence company Brandwatch. Welcome to Martech Stacked, Vic Miller. Hi, nice to meet you, David. Glad to be here. Thank you yeah, so much for joining us. Um, great to have you on the call there. So, um, um, of course, you can find you over at brandwatch.com. Um, so, Vic, explain what Brandwatch does and how you use marketing technology to make it better. Yeah, great. I mean, so we are marketing technology, which is obviously interesting, but we're a marketing technology company using lots of different MarTech. Um, so Brandwatch is a digital consumer intelligence company, um, as you started off with. And basically what we do is we help a number of organizations understand their consumers, their markets, competitors, and just the world around them. Um, so we have um, a, a really clever platform which allows you to analyze a huge, vast amount of online data. Um, and from that data derive um, insights and useful meaning. Great. And to, to be honest with you, I, I don't believe that I've used Brandwatch before. I've used a lot of marketing technology before, but I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I haven't used Brandwatch <laughs> before. So um, for someone listening that hasn't used Brandwatch before, um, what other tools out there would you compare it against and, and what makes it a little bit different? Yeah, so we, I mean, our direct competitors would be the likes of Talkwalker, um, Sprinkler, um, Netbase. So there's a few of us out there. I would definitely say that we are different, but obviously it's my job to say that. Um, we have a very powerful um, platform which combines AI technology with a really flexible interface. So it allows you to harness a vast, vast amount of online data, millions of conversations online. And that flexible interface allows you to quickly um, uncover uh, peaks in conversation, changing um, feelings towards different topics. So you can imagine whether you're um, monitoring your brand and tracking what people are saying about a specific brand, or whether you're delving into a very big conversation or topic that you know little about. It's incredibly powerful. So you can see how that could be used across the whole marketing mix in a number of different ways. Great, great summary. And um, in terms of marketing technology in general, what main categories of technology are more important for Brandwatch at the moment? I'm talking about marketing technology outside of using Brandwatch. Yeah, of course. I mean, we're a team globally, marketing team of about 30. And I head up the, the communications, the content and the customer marketing side of things, but working very closely, obviously, with our demand generation team, product marketing, design. So, you know, there's a lot of specialists within our team using marketing technology in very different ways. I think what's key for us is the integration piece. So how are we integrating all of our different information, particularly in terms of results and measurement? Um, for example, for me, content attribution is really fundamental. You know, how are we feeding that um, demand generation and the, the sales pipeline? And how can we ensure that we're putting the right content in? And how's that working across the sales journey? That's really, really fundamental for us. 
we have some really clever um, growth marketing people at, at Brandwatch that are always looking at that. And so it's really fundamental for us to be working together, but also have the right technology in place for us to be able to track what we're doing. Great. Okay. Well, hopefully we can get a flavor for your um, co- of your content marketing strategy later on. What technology you're using to, yeah. um, I guess, track what has been more successful um, as um, as, as you publish different forms of content. But um, let's focus in on specifics at the moment. Um, um, the three pieces of marketing technology that are most successful in your business. So starting off with number three, yeah. um, what are your top three tools in your current Martech stack and why? Right. Yeah, this is a hard one. There's so many that we use and and like for different reasons. I would start with Drift, which is a piece of software that helps to automate the sales process. Um, This has been really successful for us. Our um, growth um, manager, um, a guy called Matt, he's brilliant. He actually brought this in in late 2018, and we've seen such a fantastic result from it. So the reason that he procured this piece of software initially was because we really wanted to improve our website conversion. So we've got a really, really um, broad mix of people coming to the website with different use cases, different needs. And so he really wanted to smooth out the user experience on our website. And rather than just having forms and the ability to book a meeting or a demo, we really wanted to be able to have a conversation um, and to be able to provide them with different content. And often people are looking for a number of different things or trying to investigate the different ways in which they could use our technology. So it, it felt really fundamental and it, and it really has been. We've, I mean, I know that the way that Matt implemented it, um, uh, you know, was really well thought through and he's created lots of different playbooks. So considering all the different use cases and he's, you know, he's done a lot of very clever um, tweaking and, and foundational work for it, but it's been brilliant. And I think, you know, what's been successful is obviously, you know, we can say in numbers, so 10 million pounds worth of um, closed one business is always, um, is always a nice indicator that we've done well with it. But I think just the ability to have conversations for our website and, you know, improve and sort of almost, I would say, warm up that user experience on the website in terms of the sales process has been, has been really critical. So you talk about your website quite a bit there. Um, does that mean that Drift yeah. is um, uh, only used for yourselves from your website or is it also integrate, integrated into other platforms such as Facebook or, or other paid campaigns to actually um, automate the chat experience for users initially when, when, when they just find out about you? Yeah, we've been using it initially on our website and actually we started just in um, the US and the UK but have now put it through um, through our other markets as well. So no, we haven't used it yet. I know that there's talk about us doing so. Um, we found it incredibly successful for the website and website is definitely our number one. We have a huge amount of traffic. So that was our, our priority. Just staying on Drift just for a second, how does yeah. it integrate with other marketing tools that you use? And um, at, at what point um, of your customer interaction uh, do you um, tend to use other technologies instead of Drift? Sure. So, I mean, there's, there's two aspects here that I think are important. It's integration with Salesforce has been really fundamental. So that was that was really important and a, and a key driver for for choosing them so we're able to track all the conversations and look at the full journey um but the other thing is also just our people so um how our sales teams have been trained to use it and you know gain the information from it that's going to be valuable to them in understanding how's that prospect come to our website what were they looking for what conversation have they had today and therefore where is it best to pick it up with them in person so i think that's been really good and and that sort of flow has been really smooth and, and the integration with our people but also our salesforce 
So does drift lead score as well, or is it just a case of categorizing leads based upon how they're interaction, uh, how, do, how they're interacting with different forms of content? Do you know what I don't know actually about our lead scoring with it? Um, okay. But what I know has been critical is just the the number of conversations and what content they've touched, and as a result of the uh, of the the flow. So I know that that's what's been critical, and the reason I know okay. that that is because I'm always thinking from the content side of things. So that's Drift. That's your um, marketing technology tool number three. What is your tool number two? Yeah, so a bit of a different one. Um, something called Pi Data Metrics, which is a search intelligence platform. And actually, this is um, very different than you know talking about um, pipeline and lead generation, and much more about content and finding out interesting insights. So, it, within my team, particularly within the content side of, of my team, we love to create content that's useful, interesting, you know, intriguing to our customers and to our prospects. And actually, there's so much from our own platform that we can gain, but we really love to blend data sets. And the combination of search and social is fascinating and can actually tell us so many different things. And looking at a topic or a problem, a challenge from different angles is a great way for us to give content to both our customers and our prospects that genuinely useful and they, they wouldn't have found out themselves or would have to do a lot of legwork to find out themselves. So we use Pi um, data metrics to, to understand search behavior around the topics that we're looking at ourselves in terms of social and online data. For example, um, the pandemic's obviously been, you know, something very difficult for us all to navigate. And we've been doing vast amounts of research around the pandemic and its impact on markets, consumers, etc. And often we've been looking at it from a search perspective as well as social. And it's really interesting, for example, um, looking at brand purpose. So we did a big report around brand purpose and considering how consumers' expectations may have changed or, you know, sort of have they lowered or what's happened across the pandemic and across this year. And we looked at that certainly on social. We looked at through survey, but also through search. And it just gives you different intricacies on the topic. Yeah, so there's, there is definitely a feeling that consumers will be more cost sensitive as a result of this year and the pandemic. And when we're thinking around brand purpose, you know, sustainable and ethical products, um, are people more likely to want them? Are they still interested and engaged with that topic? Because pre-pandemic, plastic waste and you know, ethical sustainable products were, were vast and the online conversation was huge. And actually what our research found online in terms of social was that that's still very much the case but also if you look at search traffic and, and looking at the data there it's fascinating to see that that's not going away and people are still very much searching for um, ethical products and sustainable products so it's just really interesting it really builds another layer into the content that we produce and the insights that we're able to give um, uh, all of our key stakeholders in different ways. So I'm certainly aware of Pi Data Metrics. I've seen John yep. Earnshaw, uh, John Earnshaw, do excellent um, speeches at um, yep. uh, places like Brighton SEO. Uh, why Pi Data Metrics over another similar tool? You, you mentioned social media, and uh, per perhaps that, that, that that's a yep. better part of um, the insight that they can give compared with other tools out there. But but why not SEM Rush or, or or something else out there yep. similar to Pi? Sure. I mean, there's, for me, there's a really simple reason, and that's its people. So we were both founded in Brighton, and okay. we got to know the Pi Data Metrics team. So it's actually as simple as just they've got some really smart marketers there that we get on with. We do partner with them in some respects. So we would offer Pi Data Metrics to customers 
in that sense. And that's how I got to know them actually. And our team did. And then we just started realizing that we could do some really fun content combinations with them. Um, and that's how we just, as a team came to use Pydata metrics. And I think people are a big part in why you pick marketing technology. It certainly is for me. And, and same with Drift, brilliant team makes a big, big difference. I love that answer because um, it, it is so, so important. Um, sometimes if a tool gets too big and you're not able to speak to significant people within the business easily, then it's more challenging to, I guess, get slightly bespoke requirements. Um, but if, if, if yeah. they live in the same location as you and you're, you're, you're quite friendly with them, then it, it, can, it can make a big difference. And, and if you can hopefully partner together and um, produce content materials that I guess can benefit both businesses then that that's another win for you as well yeah definitely it's been it's been a definite win and yeah I, I love working with other people who love working with data it's always fun <laughs> okay so we've got drift at number three we've got pi data metrics at number two um were they just closely edged out to number one and uh, who is your number one <laughs> well I've just been really blatant in my number one and number one is brown watch consumer <laughs> research which is our own analytics platform uh, that, that's all right. I mean, lo- lo- lots of um, marketers have been on the show and um, and recommended their own platform, and it's quite 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 fun, uh, you know appropriate as well because they're more likely to be on their platform a lot and know it extensively well, and use it. it a lot as well. So, um, w- w- I guess w- what aspects of of um, uh, Brandwatch do you use most yourself? Yeah. So as you say, you know, we are in our platform every day, all day, every day, and particularly well both our comms people and our content people because we we believe in show don't tell so we're here to we we're, we're here to help our customers not to tell them what to do we're here to show them the interesting things that the platform can do and i think i think it's the best team to be in, in the company to be in the comms and content team because you get to play with the platform create really fun and interesting things so there's a really big part of our use of the platform which is inspiring content and comms so for example our director of comms he spends a lot of time in the platform pulling data for the media and for journalists to help them with stories and to understand sort of breaking news so that's a really fascinating use case and actually a really important part of um of how we create brand awareness so being in the media and providing um, useful and relevant data points is is a really important part of of the mix of things that we we do but on the other side of that it's just creating content and i've already talked about some of the research that we do and you know bringing in search data but actually fundamentally we're really interested in what's going on online what conversations are happening online and what that can tell us about uh, what's changing with consumers what's changing with the world so i talked about the pandemic obviously that's been on everyone's minds this year and, and still is and it just helps us to navigate um what's being said why it's being said and who by allows us to create really interesting interesting content so what's an example then of a really interesting piece of content that you've published over the last year or so that um, has been fairly successful in terms of, I guess, the number of eyeballs it's received or the number of journalists yeah. that have picked it up? Well, probably not a surprise, but it's definitely pandemic related. We, as soon as um, the pandemic hit, we were mindful that particularly our customers, they really needed as much help as possible. And giving them insights and showing them what's happening in different sectors was was a, a quick and helpful way for us to be able to just, they could leverage that, use it um, for their own marketing, but also share with their execs, et cetera. So we, um, we started doing a daily bulletin of just COVID trends. So what was the most important topic at the moment? What could we see changing? And these bulletins with a huge subscriber list of thousands and thousands and an open rate of around 40%, which we've been really, wow. really pleased yeah. with. 
Um, so these early bulletins cover all sorts of topics, you know, and it could be, um, for example, the increase in people buying garden furniture or home exercise equipment, right through to more serious topics around mental health and people struggling to sleep. So we digged into so many different topics and we took our inspiration from having um, a number of queries set up to just track the conversation around the pandemic and to understand the impact and the, the twists and turns of which there have been many. And, the, and then what's your approach for trying to get people to, 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 to publish the data that you, the uncover? Do you, do you already have relationships with journalists in those sectors? Do you reach out to them once you have the data? Yeah, definitely. Um, we have a number of friendly um, relationships where, you know, journalists will, will be looking for the data to back up a theory or, um, you know, to dig into a, into a, a new story, a breaking story. So they're, they're sort of long lived. And I think because we're able to give data in, in real time, you know, we become a popular choice in that respect. I think almost more important for us is the way that our customers engage with it. And what they're telling us is that they're sharing it internally with their teams and that it's helping them to make decisions on what's the right tone of voice in the current climate around certain issues. Um, you know, how are people responding to the pandemic in terms of products they need or don't want? Or, you know, whether it be about sustainability, purpose and values, or whether it be more simply about online delivery issues and how people are struggling to buy online. So there's such a broad mix. I mean, you can imagine the possibilities are endless of the things that we can look into. And we are very much guided by, you know, being always on and always in it and looking at what's happening, but also customers telling us what they're struggling with or what they're looking at. So, you know, we we also work on the customer marketing within our team. So we're very, very close to our customers and we understand the challenges. And we've had some some great events with them over the this year where we've delved into those challenges. So we'll take them away and we'll dig into them more, do lots of research. So, so if I was a company that um, hadn't used Brandwatch before and, and perhaps hadn't even engaged in too much content marketing before, uh, but, but wanting, wanted to start to dip my toe into it, um, what, what are the yes. uh, few first steps that I would do to actually start to take advantage of Brandwatch? Is, is there a recommended first few steps? Yeah, definitely. I think as a brand, I would definitely start off by just understanding the conversation around your brand and your competitors. So the ability to benchmark yourself and the conversation, even if we just took simple terms of I am X brand, what's the sentiment around my brand and the level of conversation? And then how does that compare with my top three or four competitors? And the amount that you can see just from that, from that comparison alone is quite incredible. If you look at the conversation around just your brand and you'll be able to see the peaks and the troughs in that conversation. There's often a lot to glean from those insights. Okay, that's a great starting point. Um, so, so let's um, um, get a better understanding of, um, of how you actually move, uh, use marketing technology in general. So I'll, I'll ask you, um, as Brandwatch grows, what's an example of a process that you currently do, do manually mm. that uh, you may wish to automate using marketing technology in the future? Yeah, so I can think of a couple, actually. One for me is... This year, I think we've really nailed the OKRs. I feel like we've, re you know, we've really well defined at the start of the year, really joined up. And I've really enjoyed the really regular reviewing and tracking against those OKRs. And our we've got vast amount of KPIs across the whole marketing org, you know, huge, huge amount. But actually manually tracking against them and then in separate teams looking at them and comparing, it, it, it depends on lots of different people to make that process clean and neat and to understand you know, how well we've performed collectively. So I personally would love to see a tool that would allow us to really 
um, cleanly and jointly review our OKRs as a collective. That would be brilliant for me. That would save me lots of time. And I'd love to see how, you know, my peers in the marketing team are performing against their OKRs and how we can tweak things to help them and vice versa. I think one of the reasons why I find that answer really interesting is the, is the fact that it's not just marketing data that you're talking about there, really. And uh, marketing technology leads into general business technology and then other functions within yeah. the business as well. It, it blends very closely with HR, with accounting, with, with, with sales as well. And yeah. um, m- marketing to a certain degree is leading the way from a technological perspective and um, uh, businesses starting to embrace new types of software but it's it, it's really exciting what well, what um, d- departments within the business are you finding yourself starting to work more closely with that you perhaps didn't do a couple of years ago that's a really good question I think all of them more than we used to if that makes sense okay. I just think that we're generally working a lot more across department which is brilliant and as we've got bigger I've just felt the need to do that a lot more because you're not naturally sitting next to someone or be able to, you know, walk across the room. So as a global company, you know, we really have to be mindful of working with all the different teams. One team that I've been working with a lot more in the last year is strategy and insights and our research teams because doing really good content marketing requires really good research and really clever analysts. And, you know, we've got those in our team, but also to when the pandemic hit, working with them, was really interesting. Um, and also they've got loads of really good ideas that relate to marketing, loads of genius yeah. ideas. And they're in front of the customer every day doing research for them so they understand the pain points. So I think strategy insights have been, have been really critical for us this year. So have you started to build a more structured, formal process in order to capture those ideas? Or is it still, uh, still a fairly informal type of communication that you have with them? That's a good question. How formal is it? <laughs> I would say it's pretty informal, but what I think we've got really good at in the last year or so is compiling combined briefs. So when we've got a project idea, we'll all come together and we'll be much more mindful about, okay, what are we looking to achieve here and who are the key players and what are the key actions? So I feel like, I think the formal part of it is, is good project management, you know, and, and being mindful of, of the different things that each team's going to need to bring. So that's something that I've seen developing a lot this year. That's great. Yeah, I, we had a discussion before we started recording and I told you I like taking different um, rabbit holes or, or detours in the discussion. And I think it's important <laughs> to do that when <laughs> you you see something that um, certainly could be a learning for other organizations as well. And I think um, I, I'm not sure if it's technology and businesses as a whole changing or perhaps even growing challenges that, that certain businesses have, businesses that are perhaps growing more rapidly than others and having an increased number of employees and having to work more closely or uh, ensuring yeah. that the, the information that they could once just talk um, among a whole team, um, they, they, they just can't do so successfully now because uh, I guess more people are working from home and there's more de- de- departments as yeah. well. What, what software do you use for uh, communicating in, in general throughout the company? Well, Slack is our, you Slack know, is critical to how we communicate. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Slack can sort of drive you crazy as well as it can just make everything possible. I think it's really important used well um, it's kind of respecting the boundaries, isn't it? I think with Slack. Um, but actually, if I think about, I do a lot of work with our US team 
And Slack's just critical for that because it's not always possible to hop on a call or a Zoom. Um, so, yeah, I think Slack is, when it's used well, it's magic. And our team Slack channel is where I spend most of my time. So, yeah, it's very important to us. Okay, so let's ask you now, what is something that you have in mind that would be a wonderful piece of marketing technology that perhaps doesn't even exist yet, but you would love yeah. to see created? Yeah, this is a really interesting one because actually we've been talking about it in the in the past few weeks within our team. I would love a tool that allows us to put our content through all types of content through it to check for tone of voice and and actually also thinking about um, diversity and inclusion and just making sure that our language is as inclusive as it can be. Now we use a tool actually on our recruitment on the recruitment side of the business and in terms of our job specs to make sure that the language is as inclusive as it can be. But I really love the idea of a tool that can, that in a bespoke way to our tone of voice and our brand language can help everyone across the business to understand when they're not quite hitting the mark. And actually, I think it's something that we'd love to build ourselves and we've been talking about. Um, but just the idea that, you know, you can't, I don't think you can replace the person when it comes to really good proofing copy. But I do think you mm. can get part of the job done in terms of just identifying issues with tone and brand, brand language. So when you talk about um, it, it, it potentially giving everyone in the company an opportunity to ensure that the content that they publish, um, I guess, closely resembles what you're trying to um, create and publish as a brand, does that mean that um, you encourage everyone in the business, not just marketers, to do things like publish on social media and, and represent the brand that way? I'm laughing because um, that's a terrifying prospect to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more actually, because um, I'm a big believer that within an organisation, you know, we, we're responsible for um, all communication that goes out of the business. So, you know, we publish, we proof and publish, basically, whether we're creating ourselves or someone else's. But I think just in terms of, there's so many things that we can't touch as a team, whether it be an email going out or um, actually it be more internal comms. And I think it'd be really interesting just, you know, internal comms is as critical as external comms. So how inclusive our internal language is within our emails and our Slack messages and everything is just as important as a press release or a report that we publish. So I just think there's something really interesting in a joined up understanding across an organisation of, and not in a forced way, because there's a real authenticity to the way that people speak, I think, in a company, but in an understanding of a shared, shared values around the tone of voice that we use and the language we use. It feels that Technology has come on so much over the last five years or so, but it also feels like we're only at the, the starting point in terms of what is to come. And that, that's exciting. Maybe a little bit frightening, but, but also exciting at the same time. Terrifying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Vic, um, you, you shared a lot of interesting insights as part of our discussion today. Um, you know, thanks for, so much for coming on. What would you say is the key takeaway for, for the listener from either what we've discussed or feel free to bring in an, a, another key point if, you, if you'd like to do so? I think coming back to the point of, of how important the people are behind a piece of technology. So for me, if I'm going to, um, particularly if I'm going to buy a new piece of marketing technology or I'm, if I'm procuring, I'm I'm looking for a team that brings an energy and makes me feel excited about using a piece of technology um, and people that I can pick up the phone to and ask a question or that you know I feel excited to work with. So for me, people are really, really critical. Also, I think I'm really terrible at, getting stuck into like trying out new technologies because I, I work at a tech company, but I wouldn't 
consider myself highly techy. So I think just roll your sleeves up and jump in and really try out a broad range of things because every time I've done that, I've been really pleasantly surprised by the different possibilities and by, you know, testing different things against each other and, and really being mindful to try out a few different things. I think that's really important. It's interesting um, what you're saying about people being so important and also your number three choice um, was a web chat as well. I often use web chat to decide whether or not I'm actually going to to go with a new piece of technology. Um, If a piece of technology looks good, I'll jump on the web chat, I'll I'll chat to the team, I'll see what the people are like if they interact with Mm. me quickly and also what type of interaction I get. So people, very, very important, even though it is technology we're talking about. Yeah. Agree. And, you know, and the website. I mean, I know that I'm incredibly judgmental when I go to a website. So it it is that whole process, you know, from when you land on the website. But yeah, particularly the people part. Well, Vic, thank you so much for your time and your tips today. What's the best way for the listeners to find out more about you and what you do? So I'm Vic Miller on LinkedIn. That's always a really good way to um, to connect me. I'm not not really, really active on social media, but LinkedIn I really am. So um, definitely get in touch um, via LinkedIn. Superb. Well, thank you again for joining us. Okay, thanks very much, David. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us. If you haven't done so already, sign up for your free trial of Content Cal, plan, collaborate on, approve and publish your content in one simple and intuitive calendar interface. Plus check out all the other MarTech Stack Show episodes over at contentcal.io. Also, wherever you're watching or listening to this show, let us know your opinion. What are the three most important marketing technologies in your business? Let us know and we'll try and give you a shout out on a future show or maybe even have you on as a future guest. Thanks again.